So we continue our uh, sermon series on the book of Nehemiah. And our sermon series is titled, God's Emerging Future. And today's passage, we, we read from Nehemiah chapter 7. And it's similar to chapter 3, where there's quite a list of names in there. But it's these type of passages that are so often skipped and overlooked when we're doing our daily devotions or family devotions, let alone preached on. But as we're going through this chapter, remember that this genealogical record, which will be read, must have made sense to Nehemiah to include it in this, cha- in this book. And whoever was reading the scriptures centuries ago and from that time on till now. So I think the title of this sermon is appropriate. We count the people because people count. The building of the walls, which we've been going through in the first part of Nehemiah, were important. But it is who is inside of those walls that make up the community of God's people. And as we go through a list of the people again this morning, look for the diversity and the gifts and the tasks that are brought up. So Nehemiah chapter 7, verses 1 to 73. A lot of the verses are very short. But before we read it, let's pray. God, we give you thanks for your word, and it doesn't matter what verse or chapter or book of the Bible, it all needs to speak to us somehow. You speak to us through the power of your Holy Spirit, and we give you thanks for that power. We give you thanks for your spirit, for allowing us to understand what it is that you are speaking to us. So this morning again, too, Lord, as we're reading from uh, Nehemiah 7, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and open our hearts and minds to the nuggets of truth and grace and and love and challenge that you put before us. Hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Nehemiah 7. After the wall had been rebuilt and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers, the musicians, and the Levites were appointed. And I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hanani, along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. I said to them, the gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot. While the gatekeepers are still on duty, have them shut the doors and bar them. Also appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at their posts and some near their own houses. Now the city was large and spacious, but there were few people in it and the houses had not yet been rebuilt. So my God put it into my heart to assemble the nobles and the officials and the common people for registration by families. And I found the genealogical record of those who had been the first to return. And this is what I found written there. These are the people of the province who came up from the captivity of the exiles, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had taken captive. They returned to Jerusalem and Judah, each to his own town, in company with Zerubbabel, Joshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Ramiah, Nahamani, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mishpareth, Bigvei, Nahum, and Baana. And the list of the men of Israel... The descendants of Perash, 2,172, of Shephatiah, 372, of Era, 652, of Pahath, Moab, through the line of Jeshua and Joab, 2818, of Elam, 1254, of Zatu, 845, of Zakai, 760, of Binuai, 648, of Babai, 628, of Asgad, 2322, of Adonikam, 667, of Bigvei, 2067, of Adin, 655, of Atir through Hezekiah, 98. Of Hashum, 328. Of Bazai, 324. Of Harif, 112. Of Gibeon, 95. And the men of Bethlehem and Naphtopha, 
188, of Anathoth, 128, of Beth Asbaveth, 42, of Kiriath Jerim, Kephra, and Beeroth, 743, of Ram and Geba, 621, of Michmash, 122, of Bethel and I, 123, of the other Nebo, 52, of the other Elam, 1254, of Harim, 320, of Jericho, 345, of Lod, Hadid, and Ono, 721, of Sena, 3930, and the priests, the descendants of Jediah through the family of Jeshua, 973, of Immer, 152, or 1052 rather, of Peshur, 1247, of Harim, 1017, the Levites, the descendants of Jeshua through Kadmiel through the line of Hodaviah, 74, the musicians, the descendants of Asaph, 148, the gatekeepers, the descendants of Shalom, Atir, Talman, Akub, Hatita, and Shabai, 138, the temple servants, the descendants of Zahad, Hasufa, Tabaoth, Kiras, Sia, Padon, Labana, Hagabah, Shalmai, Hanan, Gidel, Gehar, Ria, Rezan, Nakoda, Gazam, Azah, Pasaya, Basai, Meonim, Nefusim, Bakbak, Hakufa, Harhar, Basleth, Bahida, Harsha, Barka, Sisera, Tima, Nazaya, and Hatifa. Remember, say them with confidence. <laughs> The descendants of the servants of Solomon, the descendants of Satai, Sophereth, Perida, Jela, Darkin, Gidel, Shephatiah, Hatil, Pokereth, Hazabim, and Ammon. The temple servants and the descendants of the servants of Solomon, 392. The following came up from the towns of Tel-Melah, Tel-Harsha, Karub, Adon, and Immer, but they could not show that their families were descended from Israel. The descendants of Deliah, Tobiah, and Nakoda, 642. And from among the priests, the descendants of Hobiah, Hakaz, and Barzillai, a man who had married a daughter of Barzillai, the Gileadite, and was called by that name. These searched for their family records, but they could not find them, and so were excluded from the priesthood as unclean. The governor, therefore, ordered them not to eat any of the most sacred food until there should be a priest ministering with the Urim and Thummim. The whole company numbered 42,360, besides their 7,337 male and female slaves. They also had 245 male and female singers. There were 736 horses, 245 mules, 435 camels, and 6,720 donkeys. Some of the heads of the families contributed to the work, and the governor gave to the treasury 1,000 derricks of gold, 50 bowls, and 530 garments for priests. Some of the heads of the families gave to the treasury for the work 20,000 derricks of gold, 2,200 minas of silver. The total given by the rest of the people was 20,000 derricks of gold, 2,000 minas of silver, and 67 garments for priests. The priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the musicians, and the temple servants, along with certain of the people and the rest of the Israelites, settled in their own towns. Thus far, the reading of God's word. So just a quick explanation of what sort of transition is happening in the book of Nehemiah. Because the first six chapters that we've already been through talked about the reconstruction of the wall. The last seven chapters move away from the reconstruction and move forward with reinstruction of the people. The people who built the wall. We're introduced to Nehemiah in the first six chapters. In the last seven, Ezra, this scribe and priest, is the main character. And we'll hear more about him next week as we begin chapter 8. So to bridge this transition in the book of Nehemiah, uh, listed are the genealogies of people who left Babylon. And this is a similar list, actually, that's found in the book of Ezra, Ezra chapter 2. 
And again, one may ask, well, what's the purpose of these names? What, what do these names serve today? This genealogical record of names was basically a roll call. And as a church, we do a roll call often on New Year's Eve, as many churches do. And we list the people who joined the fellowship through birth, who, who joined through baptism, those who have joined the fellowship through profession of faith or reaffirmation of faith, those who have transferred in from other churches, those who joined the fellowship by worshiping with us regularly, and we also remember those who passed away. The roll call reflects God's faithfulness to his church over the year. And the Christian Reformed Church, we emphasize membership as well. Baptized and professed members. And this reflects that people are important. And this particular roll call or membership list in Nehemiah reflects the tasks of the people as well. We count the people because people count. People matter. In fact, every person matters. As I was going through this passage this past week, what came to mind was uh, a Dr. Seuss movie, Horton Hears a Who. And the repeated line, for those who know that movie, the repeated line in that movie was, a person's a person, no matter how small. People are important. In the first six chapters of Nehemiah, the people existed for the walls. The people were on this major rebuilding project, which was initiated by God, working through Nehemiah and working through the people of Israel. As for God's emerging future for them, in the short term, they were to rebuild the walls and the gates of Jerusalem. According to verse 1, the wall had been rebuilt and the doors are now in place. And this took only 52 days. The project of rebuilding the wall and the gates had been completed. Praise the Lord for his work in this project. Now, so it's no longer now that the people exist for the walls, but the walls must now exist for the people. The building project was completed, but the vision does not cease. The work doesn't stop. The city and its people continue to discern God's emerging future for them. What is God's will for the community of, of God's people? So the vision of rebuilding the walls leads to other visions. The city needs to be repopulated. Houses need building. And our vision wonderfully, or one vision wonderfully leads to another. One completed task leads to another beginning. Often an end of an era becomes a new beginning. We see that with our brothers and sisters from Bethel Reformed Church. An era ended in January for many of them. And this, is, and this is a loss, and we grieve with our brothers and sisters. But an end of an era means a new beginning. And together we can look forward to a new beginning, to see where God will use His people, whether it's in this congregation or other congregations among the community. You see how the people make up the church. The building, the walls don't make up the church. The people are important. So chapter 7, we are reminded that the Jewish remnant will continue on as a community protected by God within these city walls. An end of an era means a new beginning. Chapter 7 refers to organizing and assembling a list of people. 
It refers to Nehemiah going about to repopulate the city and to make it a vital center for national and spiritual life. And this revitalization is done by providing a list of the people along with the spiritual gifts, along with the tasks that the people will contribute towards the community as a whole. And it provides a list of roles that the people served within the community. Now we often use New Testament passages to reflect on the spiritual gifts of God's people in the church. And we use passages that the Apostle Paul wrote about, Romans 12 or 1 Corinthians 12, where we read about one body and being comprised of many different parts, many different members. But here we have it in the Old Testament. This Old Testament passage, we see the importance of God's people and their gifts contributed to the community as a whole. So Nehemiah recognizes the importance of the people and the tasks and the gifts that people have been graced with by God. And Nehemiah goes through this list of people. So in verse 1, Nehemiah assigns gatekeepers and singers and Levites. And God sees these tasks as important aspects of the community. Each of these groups represent three areas important to the life of the Jews. These groups represent the physical and spiritual and intellectual component of the people within the community. The gatekeepers refer to the physical aspect of the people. It refers to the security. Now the newly established walls were still not a certainty from enemy attack. The enemy still lurks and people still need to be on guard. What good are strong, new strong walls if there's no gatekeepers to determine who is allowed into the city and out of the city? The gates are only as good as the gatekeepers guarding them. So these people have to be honest. They have to be reliable. And there were strict orders in this passage given to the gatekeepers on when the gates can be opened and when they can be closed. And then in addition, we read too that residents of Jerusalem were appointed as guards. They were watching over posts and watching over the houses, kind of like a neighborhood watch. And perhaps gatekeepers today would be the leadership the leadership gifted by God to care for and to hold accountable God's people. Gatekeepers would be men and women with moral and ethical and biblical standards, watching over the young and elderly and, and vulnerable. And then, then there were the appointments of the, uh, the singers. The singers were related to the spiritual aspect of the people. It was related to their worship. Singers led the people in adoration to God. And these singers, they play an important role in Nehemiah. Throughout the book, there's 18 references to singers. People worship. They worship throughout the week. But gathering together for corporate worship is necessary. Because people need to worship. We need to express our praise and adoration to God. And often we are blessed with musicians and singers to lead us in our time of worship. Our singing is an important component in worship because it is a response to God and His many good gifts to His people. And whether they're new songs or old songs, when we sing to God and about God, God is pleased. And then we have the assignment of the Levites related to the intellectual need of the people. The Levites were to function as Israel's teachers. And they were to convey the importance of faith to the people. And they faithfully communicate the eternal truths of Scripture. 
Today, it would be various, would be various teachers within the church gifted to disciple all ages and to challenge and again to hold accountable, to put our learning into practice. And then we continue on in verse 2. Nehemiah assigns people based on their gifts of leadership. And he puts in charge his brother Hanani and Hananiah. Servant leadership is important in the church. And then as we continue on through the chapter, verse 7, Nehemiah continues to list the previous leaders, beginning with Zerubbabel and Jeshua. And then verses 8 to 25, he lists families or clans that return from captivity. In verses 26 to 38, he lists villages of people. In verses 39 to 42, he reads a record of devout people engaged over the decade as priests. In verse 43, he lists and records the Levites. In verse 44, we hear about the singers again. In verse 45, we hear about the gatekeepers. Verse 46 to 56, it provides us the name of the temple servants. 57 to 60, lists the descendants of Solomon's servants. These are people who served in Solomon's administration. In verses 61 to 65, they emphasize the importance of belonging to the community. People are being called to account. There were some people who couldn't show that they were descendants at all. And that's recorded not because it was not about Israel, the Israelite community becoming the pure race, but it was about the community becoming the pure faith, becoming holy people, which means people separated by God for a purpose and using their gifts for God. Gifts from God, rather, for a purpose. Verses 70 to 72 encourage a spiritual gift of offering and giving financially to the work of the community. Those who love God and love God's word will not neglect his work through offerings. And these last verses that are mentioned here are also about worship because the last verse is about worshiping God through our offerings. And although our best gift, of course, is giving of ourselves and, and giving ourselves to a relationship with Jesus, we cannot neglect to give of our regular offerings. So the leaders... In this chapter, they gave of their material gifts first. The leaders set the example in order that then the rest of the people may follow. So this genealogical record is about people and how people and their spiritual gifts are used for the purpose and the growth of the community. The passage takes an inventory of those who left Babylon and what tasks they had in the community and assigning others to ta- at the task to carry on the important work within the community. So this chapter provides a wide variety of people representing different gifts, which across the centuries have been used for the service of God. It's a reminder that a variety of God-given gifts are given to His people to serve God, to serve His people. These gifts are for the benefit of the community as a whole. And Nehemiah wanted to ensure that people did not neglect to take part in the work of the community. People and their gifts are important. Each person has a responsibility in the life and ministry of the community of God's people in the church. As 1 Corinthians 12, 7 states, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. There's an article entitled, Awareness of Spiritual Gifts is Changing. And Christian researcher George Barna, he asked the question, 
Imagine what might happen if even half of all believers had a clear and firm conviction that God has given them a supernatural ability to serve him in a specific manner. And then he goes on to state, if more believers understood the nature and potential of that special empowerment, the global impact of the Christian body would be multiplied substantially. He continues that one of the functions of the local church is to help believers understand who they are in Christ and how to live the Christian life more fully. Focusing on spiritual gifts, what they are, who has them, how to discover one's giftedness and how to use gifts appropriately. And this could ignite a movement of service and influence unlike anything we've experienced during our lifetime. End quote. People of God, we cannot underestimate the importance of the body. The body as a whole and the tasks and the gifts that the body of Christ has been graced with. God has equipped people with a variety of spiritual gifts and all believers are equipped in one way or another. And we should be asking the question ourselves, what is my gift? Another question to ask is, where is God prodding me to work in his church, to serve in his church? When you're using your gift, it won't feel like work. It'll be a blessing. Every Christian has been graced with a gift through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need to develop our gifts. We need to develop our gifts for the enrichment of others and for the glory of God. When we fail to use our God-given gifts or we fail to develop our gift, then what happens is that the gift tends to get somewhat rusty. And when our gift gets rusty, people then determine, based on our own judgment, that we don't possess a gift. When actually the gift is simply underutilized. It's still there, but it's a gift that needs to be developed or redeveloped. Nehemiah lists the people because people are the community. And the resources of this community and the many gifts that the people have been graced with. In certain instances, there may be rusty people with rusty gifts. And these people are not written off. They are polished up. Because these gifts have to be developed and utilized. God has extended his amazing grace to each believer through his son, Jesus Christ. And God intends each believer to be a channel of his grace to other people. It's through using our spiritual gifts that we can further God's kingdom here on this earth. So we need to reflect on where God is calling us in serving his church as a member of Christ's body. Is God calling you as an office bearer? Is he calling you as a teacher? Is he calling you to lead music or to show hospitality, to be a prayer warrior? Is he calling you to be a gatekeeper, a worship leader, a Levite? A church needs to equip its members in the community. The church needs to encourage all of its members to discover their gifts and to use them as God intended within the context of the church. A church that emphasizes gifts understands that we're not here to be served, but we're here to serve. We're called to serve one another and to serve our Lord Jesus Christ on account of all that he has done for us. So how do you respond in love? People are important to God. And it was by God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit that Nehemiah was prompted to assemble the people 
and to assemble their gifts, discerning together God's emerging future for the people, for the community, for the church. Chapter 7 is about God continuing to work through Nehemiah and through his people to not only rebuild a city, but to rebuild a community for God. God continues his work through his church today. It is God that has graced his people with gifts through the power of the Holy Spirit. A community that can know the people and know and use their gifts is a community that will flourish. By the power and the work of the Holy Spirit, we can rediscover who we are in Christ and what Christ calls us to become in the community that he's placed us in. Nehemiah counted the people because people count. People are the church. People make up the body of Christ. It is the people that have been graced by God to use the gifts for the purpose of serving Christ and his church. Amen. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, for people. We thank you for people who love you and love your church. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit through whom you grace your people with, with spiritual gifts. And may we continue to use these gifts for your kingdom purposes. May we use these gifts to grow your kingdom here on earth and in this community. May we use these gifts to move towards your emerging future. And may we continue to explore and develop our spiritual gifts. Be open to the idea that you may be prodding us in areas that we've never imagined. May we be open to at times failing and just learning from those times of failure. Just use us, Lord, as many individuals to create one body in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.